0: It's time to start the slumber party!
1: Stay inside. Stay quiet. Stay safe. Hello? Hello everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts, this is Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom, what's up?
2: Greetings and salutations, pajama lovers. Yeah, I'm doing pretty (laughs) well, Mike, how you doing? (laughs) Pretty
1: good, in the uh, ever-continuing saga of my uh, receiver issue, the 4K (laughs) receiver replacement showed up today, so I'm good to go. Can't wait to hook it up later
0: tonight.
2: Thank you for telling us the end of the story nobody needed to hear.
0: I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, so, you
2: missed the first 3 chapters apparently.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yep, but the saga is over. Unless I go to plug this one in and like it has no power then I, I then the next chapter or the sequel will be even me more angry. Okay. But uh for the foreseeable future, it's uh, all solved and I'm happy again. But joining us as well, as always, it's Don and Nelly. What's up, Don?
3: Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Yeah, Great to be here, as always.
1: <laughs> and joining us as well, the voice of uh, confusion a second ago, it's our No More Room in Hell co-host, Derek. What's up, Derek?
3: Hey, Michael,
0: what's going on? I told you I was going to talk like this on the other podcast, but I'm on this podcast now.
3: When I'm a little bit scared here.
0: Hey, man, fuck yeah. you, Venom. You like that fucking <laughs> original Suspiria, motherfucker? <laughs> I like that remake with that old guy that walks for four hours. Fuck that shit.
1: Walking Wheeler. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man, it's another blending of uh, both the shows. Uh, so uh, this should be a fun one. And uh, who knows, maybe Derek will be coming back for future episodes. We will find out. But, uh, yeah, we are discussing Slumber Party Massacre. So a little background. We probably would have originally been doing, was it last night? Mm -hmm. One night in Soho, last night in Soho. Uh, But uh, for some reason, very recently, they decided to push it back to uh, this coming up Friday, Um, which coincides with the release of Antlers, so we will have to do some maneuvering possibly to maybe do two episodes and then take a week off following it. Um, Whether we release both episodes the same week or hold one so it maintains the weekly thing, we'll figure that out in the future. But we plan on covering both of them, even though two movies in, you know, two releases in one week is usually beyond what we cover just because it's a movie per episode but we'll figure it out um but with that said yeah slumber party massacre the remake kinda i guess i i think it's labeled as a reimagining of the roger corman 1982 slasher film so we'll go with that because there's plenty of differences i mean i I do feel they kind of went in their own direction but more on that um with our general thoughts so uh, the synopsis, actually, that was the synopsis. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I thought that was just like them labeling it. But yeah, <laughs> reimagining you know, a Roger Corman's nineteen eighty two slasher film is what we get as a synopsis. I, I suppose if anyone's listening, if you're familiar with *Slumber Party Massacre*, that's good enough for you. Um, yeah, but, uh, my
0: favorite character. <laughs> the
1: Cool. And so we will start with general thoughts. Venom, what did you think of Slumber Party Massacre? Oh, let me just say, Sci Fi Network. Shout, uh, shout is Factory. The one that put this out. Yeah. Yeah, Shout, shout Factory. And uh, yeah, so general thoughts, Venom, take it away.
2: All right. Well, uh, I have to caveat my review with uh, a little statement. Obviously, this is Slumber Party Massacre. I'm not going to. I'm not going to review this movie like it's an A24 film or like it's some, you know, big budget theatrical, you know, horror event like a Halloween Kills. Um, It's Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, I could tell you that the dialogue is not well written, but I think you already know that. I could tell you that the acting in it is subpar, but I think you already know that. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I I'm I'm just going to stick to kind of what my expectations were for this film and my expectations were very very low. I mean th- I I, I enjoy the first uh, the original slumber party massacre. It's not a favorite of mine by any stretch but I do enjoy it for what it is. It's very sleazy. Um, it It was meant to be a parody of slasher films of the time, but I know a lot of film critics didn't quite catch that and just saw it as like a very misogynistic, exploitative film. But like I said, you know, the critics just kind of missed the parody aspect of it. So... Um, let's go into Slumber Party 2021. I'm going to, I'm going to actually say that I mildly enjoyed this because of my low expectations. Um, I found myself somewhat, um, ah, how can I put it? Um, kind of, uh, not turned off by the characters, you know, um, this kind of style, this kind of 90s, early 2000s style slasher with a bunch of beautiful people in it, you know, getting picked off. Um, generally is filled with just vapid, unlikable characters. And I will say there are still a couple in this. But luckily, you know, we get a cast of about 11, 12, 13 main characters. And really, there's only a couple of them that are genuinely unlikable. Most of them come off as, uh, you know, fairly organic, believable Um, you know, one of them comes off as incredibly bubbly, but, and and I will admit that that character does get annoying at times. Uh, the one character that I really hated was the younger sister. Uh, I forget her name. I think it was Alex or Alice, something like that. Uh, Ashley, I don't know, whatever. Um, the younger sister who kind of stow away on the little, uh, slumber party trip. Uh, she annoyed me to, to no end, but you know, I digress. Ultimately... I thought the kills in this were uh pretty effective despite being CG, a lot since they take place at night or in, in low-lit rooms, um, it still works for me. Uh, you know, the drill effects uh for the most part work for me. You know, the CG blood, like I said, because of the dark lighting, was acceptable. You know, I'm not gonna say that it was stellar or even good, but it was acceptable. Um <clears throat> I thought, um, you know, our kind of rehash of Russell Thorne was pretty cool. Our original killer from Slumber Party Massacre. I thought, you know, it was cool to see another interpretation of that killer. This movie has two major twists in it, which obviously we won't get into here. And I will say that I enjoyed one of them and I absolutely hated the other. So, you know, this movie's batting 50-50, you know, for uh, as far as uh, its twists. Um, But ultimately... I thought I thought the movie had its charm. Uh, some of the characters, like I said, are very likable. I do like the main character. I may not be as big a fan of her mother. Again, we'll get into you know that in the spoiler section. But the main character herself, I you know, I, I did kind of enjoy most of what she did and said. Um, and once we get the reveal of that first twist, I was even more on board with these characters. Um, It was the second twist, the one that we get at the end of the film that I just thought was very derivative and silly. And it basically rips off a very famous early 80s slasher movie, which, again, I'm not going to get into here because it basically gives away the whole third act of this film, if I do so. I'm just going to say that going into this film with my low expectations, I actually walked away from this mildly entertained. It's only an hour and 26 minutes. It's a quick watch. There are some pretty juicy kills in this movie for, for, you know, for a sci-fi movie, basically a television movie. Um, it had some decent um, kills a little bit of gore, and I will say that um, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of misogynists maybe who watch this movie and are turned off by two particular scenes in this film. I actually thought it was kind of comical and poignant that they kind of reverse roles in this, where instead of making the girls you know, the sexy kind of focus of everything, they tried to switch it up a little bit, and, and almost like they were giving something uh, to the ladies. With this movie, you know, giving the ladies something to enjoy. And ultimately, even though I, you know, my my manly man self may not have enjoyed the scenes, I I enjoyed the fact that they were in there, why they were in there and the commentary that they were basically saying. So I'm just going to say that overall, this is not a great movie. It's not going to change the world. I don't think it's going to be on anybody's top 10 at the end of the year. Um, but I was mildly entertained. I was mildly satisfied. I may never watch this film again. In fact, I have no plans to ever sit down and watch this film again, but for one watch, you know, for an hour and 26 minutes, I got some blood. I got some kills. I got some attractive, you know, women to look at. The ladies get some attractive guys to look at, Um, you know, and then we get the silly twist at the end and maybe not the most satisfying ending for a slasher, but you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going to say mildly entertained and maybe even mildly surprised because I was ready to hate this film going in. But, you know, maybe because of that, I, I look at this maybe with uh, slightly rose colored glasses. But for whatever it's worth, I'm going to say I was surprisingly entertained. And I'll leave it at that for now.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Don, what are your thoughts on some Party Massacre?
3: Um, I'm kind of in line with Venom, although I'm probably, I liked it a little bit more than him from what um, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree with a lot of what he said. I do think that, you know, for one, um, I'm not the biggest fan of the original Slumber Party Massacre anyway. Um, You know, it's a, it's decent, I'll give it that. But it's, you know, it's not my favorite in that scene. And it's, you know, it, it's okay. I, the sequels aren't bad, but I don't really remember them even though I actually watched him last year for Halloween, ironically.
0: You can never you can never forget some of the Party Mask or two, especially with that killer, mm-hmm. Yeah, but just,
3: <laughs> Yeah, but he's a jackass, so I don't really care for him. He's actually <laughs> one of the weakest parts of the film for me. I actually can't stand him. I think he's lame.
0: You're, yeah, it's, you're not the only one I heard that through the years. I was just like, wow, yeah. once you see that, you're like, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> yeah, Um So, uh, anyways, like I said, um, I I think this is kind of fun in some regards. I do like a lot of the um, inversions to Slasherdom. I think this one's actually a better job at parodying it than the original does. I actually don't even really... I know that it was originally scripted as a parody, but I don't know if it actually comes off as one in the finished form. I I don't see that at all. But, um, yeah, um, in terms of, uh, like I said, parodying Slasher Tropes, I think this one does it a lot better, um, especially with the inversion of... uh, a lot of the different um as- the different elements involved here, you know, the girls are actually the smart ones, the guys are the lovable jerk, you know, <laughs> uh, jackasses, jerk offs, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they're ones that are just ditzy and kind of stupid. Um, at sometimes it's kind of intolerable. Uh, sometimes though, I actually kind of like the way that they handle it. Um, it just kind of depends on where the scene is at times. I was actually kind of surprised at the gore. Um, I didn't. Even And realize this was cg i thought this was all practical um and maybe the after effects are practical but uh Mm -hmm. cgi for the impact i think that's if if you say it's cgi then i'm probably gonna have to lean that way um because i i thought it was all practical so uh, that was kind of surprising the twist um (laughs) let's just save that for spoilers shall we yeah (laughs) Uh, let's let's just save the twist for spoilers but um yeah, all in all, um, I kind of uh, I like this more than I thought I was. Um, it's, you know, probably up there as one of my favorites in the franchise, um, if we can call this a franchise. But, uh, yeah, uh, mildly surprised. Uh, kind of wanting to watch an unrated cut of this for um, any if that uh, ever comes to light. Um, I'd kind of be interested in where that goes. But uh, mm-hmm. better than I expected. to have a few issues here and there, but... Uh, like I said, better than next
2: one. Yeah, I would imagine there is going to be a uncut version because I mean, even in this version that we saw, there's like mosaics covering some nudity. So I can't imagine that they shot it with that intention of having mosaics in there. So I would imagine when the physical release comes out, it'll be an R-rated or unrated cut. At least yeah. I hope.
0: Yeah, Shout Factory will put this yeah. out on Blu-ray since they own it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Derek, how, what did you think of Slumber Party Massacre? You mean Willis?
0: It's my fucking favorite movie of the year, motherfuckers. But uh, no, I'm just, I kind of agree with what everyone's saying here. Uh, I liked it. Uh, actually, I'm a huge, I'm actually probably the hugest fan of the original Slumber Party Massacre. I just love like the cheesiness of it, and I love the black chick that is like the seat's pizza off a dead guy <laughs> in that movie. And, you know, Courtney, who's actually my favorite, is the little horny sister in the original. <laughs> I love her. Uh, the little, I do kind of agree with the little sister. And I wish she was a little more hornier. You, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, you do get some scenes of that, like when she's playing with that uh, sculpture thing later with the big penis, and she's like, I've seen bigger ones. Uh, you, you get some fun with that. You know, you know, Something happens near the end, and I'm like, I'm looking at the runtime. This movie's still going? What the fuck <laughs> is going on? And then, you know, it keeps going, and then, you know, yeah, we'll get to it in a minute when we get to the spoilers, but yeah, that was kind of lazy when they did that. <laughs> but uh, overall, I enjoyed it for the most part, you know. I, I like the kills, you know, especially like some of the After Effects, like later on, especially that one dude. Oh, it's fucking more guitar
2: string the guitar string? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love fact, that one.
0: You know. And and Max Russ Thorne was like For some weird reason he looked like Melvin from Renaissance man. <laughs> if you guys know that Dane DeVito movie from the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, that's who you reminded me of. But uh good stuff. I, I, I liked it for the for what it was. You know, was it mind blowing? No. Did I have fun watching it? Kind of. You know, it was kind of silly and goofy. And, you know, I, you know, the thing I like about it is actually we just did a movie called Tower of Evil. And it kind of has kind of like a similar set up to like the beginning of this movie, which I kind of liked. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into it all in the spoilers. But, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part for what it was. Uh, some cheesy, you know, like that whole shower scene. I was like, what the fuck? Did David Dakota direct <laughs> exactly. this scene? David Dakota would come in. And another thing I wanted to add, I did kind of like that, you know, the original, actually, weirdly enough, the original Slumber Party Massacre was written by two women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually the, the writer of the original was a feminist writer. And I liked that the remake was actually written and directed by two women too. So they kind of kept in line with the series, even if it was like a reboot slash reimagined. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of like that because actually it's weird because, Actually, all three of the original Slumber Party Massacre movies were directed by women, which you never see in this kind of genre at all, you know, at that time period. So, yeah, it big ups for sticking to, you know, the motifs of that, you know?
1: Um, yeah. So, as far as I go, pretty much in line with all you guys, it, it was a lot more fun than i expected it's not a movie i would call great probably not something that i'm gonna make a habit out of watching but when it was first announced i you know typical for me to not even be all that enthused about a remake period but a slumber party massacre which the original i think is you know it's an okay movie not one of my favorites and like that it was like premiering on sci-fi i was like okay um excitement meter continuing in the wrong direction but uh finally got around to watching it and gotta say a lot better than i expected pretty decent kills I, I i do think there's a couple that you know if they you guys were alluding to a possible like uncut if they ever put it on physical media or even like you know a vod or something maybe they would release it um there are a couple of kills that looks look like you know we might get different angles on them that might um, up the uh, gore level or just impact shots. But for the most part, I thought the kills were pretty good and inventive. And um, there was one involving like an old Chevy, like, I don't know if it was a truck or Suburban. That one was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, and like you said, the twists, that's, we'll go over those when we get into spoilers. Because one I thought was semi-decent. The other one was like, oh, okay. And uh
0: they yeah. yeah, yeah, they kind of homage a lot of sla- like at one point i'm like is did this movie just turn the Neil gun massacre <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um i I do kinda like that they flip
1: some of the overtly like awkward sexual stuff where they go with like the opposite sex it, it's pretty goofy, and I think they play it on purpose like that, which I think when you guys you know, it looks like they definitely do it on purpose only. Mm-hmm. she says like a, a nod um and i think you know, I, I do kind of like that we get um we get some pushback now this will be interesting because i could see where people don't like it but i thought i, I thought it was okay in a, if for in a movie like this where we kind of get pushback against like what's going on as far as dialogue like when the killer gets confronted or how can I put it without spoiling? Well, also okay. Also, I'll save it for spoilers. But I, I do like that we kind of, kind of get like the girls are victims, kind of like, almost like what uh, re, the way they, they react to what's going on. Some are. I'll say some of the ones that are surviving longer into the movie when they figure out like motivation and stuff, yeah. because it, it's stuff that like you know slashes of old it was never really questioned even though you could kind of look at it objectively and think it's an absurd reason but there was never much pushback on where now maybe it's just a sign of the times and you're writing a movie for 2021 it's like you're doing this why well what the fuck because of you know well this is why we did this and so it's kind of interesting i i I see a potential there where people might have thought oh like oh is he getting political but it didn't feel like it was re- it was be like making a hard stand or trying to take it overly serious it was more just kind of like almost mocking the fact that we just went along with these silly premises yeah um back then
0: yo 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 i was getting kind of scared when the first twist happens because i'm like if somebody just screams evil dies at night i'm gonna have it
2: <laughs> jesus
0: christ
1: evil dies <laughs> in the woods the tonight That's yeah <laughs> Uh, Yeah, but overall, yeah, I I do find this enjoyable. Um, I would tell people, yeah, throw it on, give it a shot. I would say at least give this one a chance because I have a feeling this is one that a lot of people probably won't give a chance to, and understandably so, just based on
0: premiering on sci-fi. Premiering on
1: (laughs) sci-fi, and if you're not the biggest fan of the original, or if you know whatever, you just might not seem interesting. But uh, it's easily accessible, so I would say give it a shot.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're a, if you're a fan of mindless eighty slashers, I, I can't see why you wouldn't be a fan of this, unless you went in with too high expectations. Like I said, it is twenty twenty one. It's forty, you know, plus years or right around forty years after, actually, since the, the slasher boom of the early eighties, and I think for some reason people you know think that a slasher in 2021 needs to be more intelligent i'm one of the people that kind of tends to say that sometimes but you know what it is also nice to just shut your brain off and not have any expectations of a film whatsoever you know i mean if i if i go to watch puppet master chapter 14 i'm not expecting the exorcist so if they give me even a mildly entertaining film i'm gonna say that i had a good time and that it exceeded my expectations And I'm going to solidly say this film exceeded my expectations. You know, I did not expect to even like a bit of it. But I actually found myself, as I've already said, liking certain characters, liking certain scenarios. Uh, One of the twists, like I said, I was very down for, uh, you know, the kills, blah, blah, blah. The movie has a lot going for it. Um, I think the only way that you're going to, like, hate every single aspect of this film is if you just go in expecting too much, like I said. So, yeah, just clear your head um, you know, I, I'm not going to say on your way into the theater because this is obviously a VOD release or it's free on Sci-Fi if you have the Sci-Fi channel, which is how I watched it. Um, so yeah, folks, just I mean, it's called Slumber Party Massacre. Do we really expect The Shining? I mean, <laughs> you know, curb your expectations a little bit and have a good time. And and look, this is coming from the same guy who kind of poo-pooed uh, Halloween Kills last week. And kind of for the same reasons, because I expect more from a Halloween movie in 2021 than I did in 1980, you know. So, uh, I'm, like I said, that, that's going to be my major theme for the episode. Just curb your expectations, and I think you'll have a good time, assuming you like cheesy 80s slashers. And, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm literally in the middle of uh, watching 26 1981 films. Obviously, most of them are slashers. And I'm just like re-falling in love with this you know this time period and this genre and this movie despite being a solidly a 2021 movie with technology cell phones everything else it still kind of has the dna of an 81 slasher so like i said curb your expectations i think you'll have a good time let's move on hell yeah willis is <laughs> back yeah thank you willis <laughs>
1: Willis endorses your uh, general thoughts, Venom.
0: I like <laughs> it. Yeah, and I liked Halloween Kills. It was my favorite movie of the year, motherfucker. No, that was <laughs> Malignant. <laughs> I, I hate fucking Malignant. It had a fucking Siamese twin that did Kung Fu. Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> See what happens when you invite me on? Yeah, really? Geez, you've been drinking? <laughs> oh
0: no, no, my Willis Gabriel is coming out of me. I gotcha.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh anything else we can talk that's a uh, non-spoiler? I mean, there's not really any performances to highlight really. I mean, Russell Thorne is about the only, you know, he seems like the the only actor who's actually trying in this movie. Um and and really since he's just playing batshit crazy, it's not all that hard. I, I like the whole thing with him never actually looking at someone like directly. Like he always turned his head and then like side eyed everybody. Like that's mm-hmm. that's his like that's his default stance. He side eyes everyone, and I kind of like that. Yeah, it almost
1: it almost made him look like he could be related to William Sadler, like the way he was like.
2: Yeah, he, was fucking, he was fucking Melvin
0: from fucking The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I don't really have anything else non-spoiler.
0: I love the. Sl- I like the slutty girl. You know, oh, I, just,
2: I, I, I. I liked all girls honestly. I thought they all. I mean, I, I've already said that I kind of disliked the young girl because she's just she was a bitch for no reason. And then the 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 kind of silly girl who was who found everything sad. Oh, that's so sad. She got annoying after a little while, but she was still adorable. So you know, yeah. I, I don't have to listen to her words. I can just look at her, and I'm happy.
0: Yeah. The sl- <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm just happy that we're all brunettes. The, oh, jeez. You, know, like, you know, it's like, this movie was made for me in so many ways.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, all right. Well, I think we can get into spoilers now. So there's your warning for spoilers. Uh,
2: hey. So, I mean, you know, obviously we got So who's pissed open. off
3: more at the fact that the brunette had to take her pasties out than she...
2: I Actually, thought that was fucking of... hysterical. I, 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 was... I will admit I wasn't happy that they weren't as big as we were made to believe they were, just like when it happened to me in real life. But that's a story for another podcast. Um, but I, I, I still found it incredibly hysterical. You know, uh, once we get that reveal and she's like, oh, God, I don't have to be the slut anymore. Thank God. I thought that was great.
0: Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was,
3: that was, one of the, that was to me. That was the part that won me over on this film I was like, oh, my
2: God, this is hysterical. It's so that hard a, to be the hot chick, I think was the exact line. I laughed my yeah. ass off.
3: <laughs> that was the part that won me over. And that was the one that I was like, I was kind of teetering and tottering between whether or not to like it or dislike it. But then as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this one's finally, this one's winning me over. I'm kind of enjoying this one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And, the it, best... and it, show, yeah, it shows the, the attempt to do something creative and a little bit different as opposed to just straightforward yep. remaking main a movie
3: setup in the film the main setup is actually an attempt to do something different because you know they're aware of the killer the entire time they're Mm -hmm. going there to specifically to kill
2: the killer
0: right Mm -hmm.
2: that's exactly
0: did you guys feel weird that russ thorne never aged
2: (laughs) (laughs) well this isn't the actor right they got a different actor
0: no it's the same guy
2: oh is this actually him from holy shit then yeah he did not age
0: no, I meant, like, from the, like, the flashback scene with the Oh, monster. oh,
2: oh, okay. Um, kind of, yeah, but, I mean, I think they said, I mean, how many years? It's, I mean, those it's, girls it's, couldn't have been more than, like, 18, so. No, it's 90. because
1: every time Russ Thorne kills, he transcends. Ah. <laughs>
2: <that's,
1: laughs>
2: uh, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> call
0: the uh, last week. It's so fun. <laughs> ma- imagine, but I didn't kind of like that it began, like, it was the end of a slasher movie, and, you know, then yeah. it, Then you're in the the sequel, you know, it's kind of I kind of like that idea of it. Yeah,
2: we got a very, you know, color by numbers, cold open, you know, four girls, you know, in a cabin in the woods. Russ Thorne shows up drill, drill, drill. One of the girls survives. Oh, by the way, did you notice that uh, they didn't even attempt to put any scarring on the mom's hands? She took a yeah, two-inch fucking drill bit through her right hand, yeah. weaving so a weighs, Jesus Christ-sized hole, and there was no goodbye,
3: scar. When she waves <laughs> goodbye on the trip, there's a scar on her hand. They make a yeah. dramatic musical sting.
2: That's weird, because when she hugs her daughter, they show the top of both of her hands, and there is no scar whatsoever. And that drill went she through weighs, her hand. Through. It's on her palm. It's on I the mean, palm of I, her hand. I, I I will hmm. fully, I, I'm okay if I missed it, but why isn't it on the top of the hand? I mean, literally. Because she's holding a, the can from the bottom.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was the can. She's the holding can.
3: the can from the bottom. She holds the can up and she's sticking it out like, she's catching it like a baseball glove. She 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 grabs the can and she sticks the can into his hand like a baseball
2: no, glove. No, no, I'm talking about when she's hiding in the closet and he drills through the door through her hand. Did you, hmm. Yeah. Remember he hides she hides in the pantry he sees her through the crack he drills through and it goes right through her right hand completely through and we even see the hole she shows the hole the Jesus Christ size hole in her fucking hand yet like I said, no scar on the top of her hand. I, I you know, I, it's a minor nitpick, ultimately. I understand that, but it's still... Oh, I thought you were
3: complaining about there not being any wound on her hand to begin with. Because, yeah, there was one on her hand when she... When the girls leave to go on the trip, she's standing in the doorway and waves goodbye, and there's a hole on her hand. Okay, yeah, I missed like that. A, not like a hole, but like, there's like a... There's a scar. There's,
2: there's, a, there's, a, there's massive like a scar. There's a scar. It's like a crater scar, yeah. I yeah, just, like are... I said, when she hugs her daughter, we clearly see both of her hands... Uh, both of the top... Because i cause that's what I thought. I'm like... Because she has the same hairdo as the girl in the cold open. So I'm like, oh shit, is that her? I mean, that would make sense. But then when she hugs her daughter, no scars on the top of either of her hands. And that bothered me because the drill went through her fucking hand. So, I like even, I said, minor nitpick, no big the, deal. I didn't even know uh-huh.
3: that she... When she's in the pantry, I didn't even think she... Got nicked. I think she just was like startled because it got too close to her. No, no, it eat. went
2: through her hand. They show the hole. She clearly holds her hand up and there's a hole in her hand. It went completely through. At the, like, you know. It, yeah, it the plastic, maybe the plastic
0: yeah. surgeon was better on the other side. That's what I was thinking. Like,
2: side. Like later in the movie, when she actually, when the mom makes reference that she has no feeling in that hand, I thought we were going to get like a Jedi thing where she got a fake hand or something, but. No, that's a real hand because it blends everything. <laughs> but and, like I said, minor nitpick. It's one of the things that I noticed that kind of bothered me. But again, no big deal. I don't care. It's not like it brings the movie down at all. So uh, yeah. So like I said, we find out that these uh, that the survivor of the cold open is now a mother herself. Her daughter and three of her friends are now going. Um, away they're going away to a cabin for the weekend they lie to her mom about where they're going um and then obviously we've already talked about the first reveal which is that the girls are very aware of Russell Thorne's existence and that they are there purposely to kill him to get revenge for the mother for whatever you know for what happened to her you know I assume 18 19 years earlier so maybe 20 maybe 20 plus I don't know but um you know, uh, once we get that reveal, I'm I'm starting to get more on board with the movie, because up to that point, it was like I said, kind of color by numbers slasher, nothing too special, um, you know, kind of vapid girls with not a whole lot to offer, um, you know, personality wise, other than our main girl. What was the name? Dana. Um, yeah. Dana was like the only one that I thought actually kind of had a little bit of a personality. Um, not, not to say that any of the girls other than the younger, uh, the youngest sister were hateable, necessarily. Like I said, I didn't like the younger sister. She was a bitch for no fucking reason. I mean, she wasn't even supposed to be on this trip. She stowed away in the back of the truck. And then after a big conversation, they allow her to stay. But she continues acting like an absolute bitch. And then once we get to the country, we get the old horror slasher stereotype of city folks treating country folks like shit, which... Again, see, at this point I was ready to hate the movie because I'm like, ah, here we go. All the tired tropes, all the stupid crap that I'm constantly railing about. But then, like I said, we get that reveal that the girls are actually there, you know, with a purpose. And it kind of elevated the film a little bit for me. It made me kind of like it. And then... Um I think what's gonna be kind of divisive is then the introduction of the boys, the male characters. Uh there's five guys staying at a cabin across the lake. Five or four? I forget already. I think it was five, right? Guy one, I guy think, two.
0: Yeah. I, I think there was four because then there was one, the gas guy too.
2: Right, there was the guy who had his well, eyes poked out. That was the gas station dude. Or the mechanic guy, whatever. Yeah, no, I uh, think there's five. That's what I was thinking, because there was two guys named Guy, which yes. I, it, was, it was a running joke. But the funny thing is, is that at the moment in the film when the joke occurred, it's like this is not a time and place to be joking about, you know, Guy. Well, there's five guys. No, no, there's only two guys, but there's five of us here. And the joke just kept going from there. The girls apparently didn't understand that there were two, um, two of the guys were actually named Guy. So there's guy one and guy two that turned into kind of like a weird insipid joke, but that I normally would have liked. But just at the time that it happened, like what, two or three people had already been killed. And I'm just like, this is not the time and the place to have a pun battle, you know. So, you know, just weird placement is all. But overall, I did enjoy most of the banter between the guys and the girls. Like Don mentioned earlier, you know, the guys are more the 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 vapid silly characters who don't know shit, whereas the girls are like the ones who are prepared, they're armed, they have a plan. Uh
0: ironically, and, they're podcasters.
2: And yeah, and they all fucking they all listen to this one podcast, which I actually thought was kind of funny that all of these people, you know, because this actually happens. You know, people listen to podcasts, they'll listen to true crime podcasts. And they'll want to stay at places where famous crimes have existed, you know, um, like the the Vesalia axe murders in Missouri. People want to stay in that house because it's such a famous murder, blah, blah, blah. Lizzie Borden's house, shit like that. So I I just thought that kind of um, injection of 2021 subculture, I, I just thought really worked for me. Um, I, I know a lot of times when podcasters are brought up in these types of films, it's no, it's usually with kind of a negative light. Uh, but in this one, they're not actually talking about podcasters themselves so much as a show that they all listen to that talked about Russell Thorne and, you know, the cabin and everything that happened and that his body was never found and blah, 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 blah. So, like I said, for the most part, you know, it, it's not stellar storytelling by any stretch. But it worked for me. Like I said, I, I was in, I was expecting crap and I got slightly polished crap. So that's a win for me. OK, where are we? Um, I guess we can get to the kind of the spot where Derek said the movie can't be over yet, because uh, basically about an hour into the film, uh, our girls actually get the upper hand on Russell Thorne. And uh, believe it or not, they kill the shit out of him. They <laughs> they cut his throat They stab him multiple times. They hack at his dead body. I, I love mm. these girls, because this is the kind of shit I would be doing. I would literally just keep hacking the guy every couple of minutes until the cops got there, just to fucking make sure he didn't get back up.
0: Even the girl you hated was like,
2: ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and she was awesome. <laughs> After Russell Thorne was already dead, the younger sister comes out and stabs him like a dozen times. <laughs> I thought that was funny as hell. Again, <laughs> something that would normally bother me in a lot of these movies, but I just it tickled me here, so for whatever, it, for whatever it's worth, it worked for me. Yeah, uh, that was but, a cool yeah. scene,
1: one because it was uh, it was really unexpected. And then the little, the younger one—I mean, when she just came out in a fury like that—it was it yeah, was cool. no,
2: no, thirteen or fourteen-year-old should be that angry with the world. <laughs> Goddamn, she was angry. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. well, she was she she was fucking sexually frustrated. She was playing with that little figurine dong earlier.
2: That's right, the the penis man. She called him. Do you want the penis man or not? Um, And then right after this scene um, Is when they start When they did uh, They kind of subverted Or not subverted But almost tried to explain A trope And that's the trope Of the killer's body disappearing Um, In this movie Like I said They kill the shit out of Russ Thorne He is deader than shit Unless he's Michael Myers Which thankfully he's not
0: Evil Um, dies tonight uh,
2: So evil did die tonight in this one And, And What's funny is that the main girl tells the girl who drove them there, uh, watch the body, and she's like, what do you mean watch the body? He's dead. She's like, I don't care. I'm not taking any chances. You sit there and you watch the body. As soon as Dana leaves, she then tells uh, her younger sister, Alex, hey, watch the body. Now, mind you, Alex is underage, and within a minute of standing there, she's like, I'm bored, fuck this, and she walks away. And she's going to all these cookies. Yeah, oh, God, the cookies. We'll get to the cookies. But, um, yeah, she ends up walking away from the body, leaving it alone, basically saying, I'm bored, this is bullshit. She actually flips off the body as she's walking away, and then we all know what happens. A minute later, the fucking body is gone. And I'm actually surprised that they weren't more pissed off at Alex. Like, they, they just kind of brush it um, under the carpet. But I would, have, I would have just been so pissed off at her. It's like, have you never fucking seen a horror movie? Watch the damn body. Well, <laughs> you know, well, I can kind of give them a
3: little bit of leeway because they only discover it because they come under attack.
2: Very That's- Well, no, no. They look out the window before they come under attack and see that the body's gone. Then they're attacked.
3: Oh, you remember the one girl gets the nail gun in the eye and then that's what causes them to
2: look out? Nail gun massacre. No, they looked out before that. They they looked out before any nails were fired. The nails started getting fired right after Dana looked out the window and said, where the hell's the body? And then they all get up and look out the window. Then the nails start coming.
0: Um, yeah, which, yeah, that's uh, when the slumber party massacre turns into the nail gun massacre.
2: There you go. Yeah, we get like a solid five, ten minutes of... Uh, Nothing but nail gun attacks. Uh, fortunately, I, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side of the fence you're on, uh, we do lose one of the girls. Um, I think we lose the uh, the the, the hot cute, one, right? The one who was always sad about everything. Oh, that's so yeah. sad. Yeah, she. I think she's the one that takes the nail and the eyeball. No, I think well,
0: I, no. She was the one that got killed in the fucking car. In the truck.
2: She, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, she got killed she in the does. truck. Fan. Well, the fan fan blades. Yeah. Um, which was another pretty decent kill. Because um, what's funny, too, is that when I started watching that that scene, the first thing I said is, where the hell is the exhaust fan hood? Like, there should be a hood there, you know, over the fucking blade. And then after the kill happens, we see the killer walk out of the truck, and he throws the guard on the floor. He took it out before She went to work on the car. Fucking brilliant. It's one of those tiny little things that, you know, most people wouldn't even notice. But anybody who knows anything about cars notices it. And then they fucking rewarded us at the end of the scene. It's like, ah, that's like, you know, that's like, uh, what do you call it? Serotonin in my brain. It's like, thank you for doing that you know a a small percentage of people of viewers are going to appreciate that and i'm one of them and i thank them for doing it so so yeah we lost the cute one in the truck with the fan uh then it was the fake sexy Sexy one one, yeah yeah the fake hot one with the with the paste or the plastic boobies uh she's the one who takes the but, but what bothers me about that scene is that she literally walks up to the window looks out a nail gets shot at her goes through the glass and comes within like a half inch of hitting her in the face. Then you start to see the window crack. The glass in the window starts to crack. She ducks and covers while the glass shatters, you know, finishes shattering and falling to the floor. And then what the fuck does she do? She gets up and looks out the window. That was so annoying. I mean, well, again, I know it's a parody, you know, I know people have to do stupid things in these movies to advance the plot, but goddamn, I thought she was smarter than that, but apparently she's not, um, somebody said there was no blondes in this movie, I'm gonna say she was really a blonde, and just colored her hair black, because that was just one of the silliest things to do ever, sorry blonde listeners, I'm not insulting you, you know, in mass by any stretch, but it's the old movie trope, of course, that we're all falling on, so... I just thought that decision was so silly. Um, I don't know. What else? What else do you guys want to talk about with this?
0: Baby, Benham, you know I love blondes.
2: Hey, yeah. you do love blondes. Shit.
0: I mean, I, they're going to love blondes. It's me. I'm wild man with us, But, you know. <laughs> but, hold up. Yeah, man.
3: Uh, I think the only Wait. thing left is the uh, final reveal of the second yeah. killer.
2: Yeah, like I said, we've, you know, we've skipped a couple of set pieces, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of puking from Alex or
0: Axel or whatever, Axel Rose Alex. as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh basically, uh, as far as the puking goes... Um, the the lady uh, who they met earlier in the movie who rented this cabin out to them left them a package of cookies, like, at their door, I guess just as a welcome or thank you for staying with us or whatever. But no one ever ate the cookies until the next day after Russell Thorne was dead. Then Alex starts eating the cookies because she's hungry. You know, she's the youngest one. She needs the most energy. Um, she's eating the cookies. No one else is touching the cookies. And then suddenly Alex passes out, starts, or sh- first she starts puking uh, immensely. I mean, I don't know how many cookies she ate, but she's puking like buckets.
0: All of them and, she ate. She even
2: says yeah, she it She must have, She must have eaten that, every goddamn one in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so she ends up, you know, kind of passing out, you know, luckily the poison doesn't like take her out completely. Um, and then we get our second reveal. And what is our second reveal? I'm pretty He was my son. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at least three of us saw that reveal coming way before it got there. Cause I'm, I'm instantly like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you actually going to do Friday the 13th? And what happens? Here comes fucking Betsy Palmer, <laughs> by the way, Betsy Palmer, who did it way better than the woman in this movie. Uh Kay. What's her name? Stephanie Stein, I guess is the name of the actress. Uh, She plays Kay Thorne. We don't know her last name up until this point, of course. And yeah, uh, that's the big reveal that uh, Kay, the woman who rented this cabin out to them, uh, is actually the mother of Russell Thorne. And the reason that she left the poison cookies wasn't because she was trying to kill the girls. She was just trying to uh, poison them enough so that they would fall asleep and that... Uh, I assume I I think the exact line that she says is then you won't tempt my son if you're asleep if you just sleep through the whole night you won't tempt my son and he won't kill you so of course we're back to the old trope of women being responsible for men's lust and you know all all the different feelings that we have for women of course it's women's fault and it's a woman too saying this which is so weird it is an old woman too so you know she's kind of kind of stuck in whatever the 60s and 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it, it's a little problematic. But again, when Especially you know
3: coming from a film written and directed by women, too.
2: Right. And that's why I think it's very obviously a, a, a parody. Cause with the original movie, if you guys remember the original movie, there were a slew of naked shots that were pointless. There was no reason for a bunch of the nude shots other than to just show women naked. And the fact that the movie was written by women and directed by a woman, I'm like, oh, this is uh, this is definitely a parody. Because why would she purposely? Why would a female director purposely exploit female actresses? I'm not gonna say that's never happened. I don't know. Well,
0: I can a few for that for the original. What's and that? Roger, I got an answer for you for the original, and that's Roger Corbin.
2: Yeah, but I mean,
0: uh, I... hey, he, I he more, put, he you know, put was... those scenes... No, it's a, it's a lot of his movies, man. He no, rape... I
2: understand, but I mean, I, I remember reading an article years ago. Uh, With either I don't remember who, but it was one of the women that was responsible for the original and they were flat out like, yeah, this is a parody. We we threw all these vapid, silly women into this movie, made them naked throughout the majority of it just to kind of, you know, uh, hold a mirror up to society and say, oh, is this what you want? Well, here you go. They were actually hoping that it would start a bigger conversation, but apparently we as men were so misogynistic back in 1982 that we didn't even see it as a parody. Um, To to this day, some people don't see it as a parody. Don mentioned earlier he didn't see it as one. Um, And and it's not an obvious parody. It's not like an airplane movie or scary movie where it's very obviously a parody. Um, It's one of those subtle parodies, but I I think it's still there, especially because the people behind it say that it is. Um, as far as how much of it is in here, I, you know, obviously we can all make our different opinions about, you know, is this a straight up parody? Is this part parody, part subtext, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I actually wanted to disagree with Mike with something that he said earlier. He was talking about how the social commentary here isn't as thick. I'm going to disagree because there's actually a fucking line in the movie about toxic masculinity and it's said by a man. (laughs) one of the guys in the movie actually says my toxic masculinity won't let me make a smart decision. Like he literally does something stupid and then defends it by saying, well, I'm a guy. So you can see how they kind of flip the script on, you know, the silly girls of the eighties are now the silly guys of the 2020s. So like I said, that part of it, I appreciated the shower scene. (laughs) as I'm watching it, I'm like, I can't get mad at this. I literally spent the last forty plus years of my life watching naked women in horror movies and never once complaining. It would be really hypocritical of me to sit here and say, This is gratuitous. This shouldn't be in here. So so honestly, I was laughing through the whole thing. And this is a very sensual like shower scene. Like this is like a buff good looking guy and photos
0: of his man uh, boobs and shit.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he had the pecs. He had the you know, he had the six pack. Uh, The camera is slowly panning up and down. I mean, it's literally exactly what we would have seen from a female character, you know, in the original or whatever. So like I said, I appreciated it. I'm not going to sit here and say I quote unquote enjoyed it because that might say something weird about me. But I did like the fact that they flipped the script and at least gave us something a little different. And like I said, if a movie like this is going to get more women into the genre, because not every horror movie has to be filled with tits and ass. Like, you know, you can actually throw some naked guys in there every now and again. I'm all for it. Bring everyone into my community. You know, um, I, hey, I don't know how you official
3: proclamation,
2: Tits and dicks for everyone absolutely fuck yeah i mean if tits are okay then dicks gotta be too it would be hypocritical not to think that way so yeah rock on uh horror movie film directors throw all the dicks and all the tits in there yeah david
3: DeCoto, do it
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right so like i said after we get our big reveal that it's actually mother and that she you know was trying to poison them so that she wouldn't tempt uh, or so that the women wouldn't tempt her son uh she she shows back up at the the cabin you know under the guise of trying to be helpful but as she's walking dana um back to i I forget where they were walking exactly during that conversation what's that
0: No, i was gonna say because she was walking back to the cabin because uh thing uh she went to see the last like guy that was left and he drove off and left and he drove
2: off and left her right And that's that's another little bit of comedy that actually kind of works for me the fact that the guy is Don't ultimately believe that Russell Thorne is there. They actually think that it's the girls that are like psychos that they're actually killed because they're armed. You know, Uh, when the guys first go to visit when two of the guys first go visit the girls, one of them sees that there's knives in the pillow that one of the girls has like a big old buck knife inside of the pillow. And instantly he gets fearful, they leave right away, and then you can kind of see where the comedy is going to go. It's going to be a lot of misunderstandings, you know, that are going to build the comedy here. And then that culminates in that scene that Derek was just talking about, where the last guy left alive, left Dana, basically says, I'll give you a ride back to the cabin. And then as soon as he gets in the truck, he just takes off and leaves her alone. She ends up bumping into Karen, uh, Kay, excuse me, she ends up running into Kay uh Rusthorn's thorn's mother in the woods they end up walking back to the cabin during that walk uh Kay ends up admitting something or dana just kind of figures it out and says wait a minute Th- are you, you Rusthorn's thorn's mother and then she kind of admits it they get into a fight they're wrestling around blah 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 um and then you know we we get our basic kind of slasher movie ending our final girls are fighting with the uh with with the the real killer if you will not to say that russell thorne wasn't actually killing people but i think we all kind of know where he gets it now since mama is now happily wiping all these people out in the name of her son um what ends up happening is in in the final like fight scene where dana and kay are kind of rolling around in the cabin uh dana's mother shows up uh and (laughs) don't forget dana's mother is the survivor of the cold open from the beginning of the film and she shows up uh Dana lets her know we killed Russ but Russell's mother is still killing people they get into a fight blah 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 you get the big heroic ending and of course you know our 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 she <laughs> the mom does kind of something that seems physically impossible for a woman her size she actually takes the drill bit that big ass 2 inch drill bit Uh, from the big drill, from Russ's big drill, and actually jams it through um, Kay's chest. Seems a little unlikely, but... Unlikely, but cool. It's a slasher (laughs) movie, exactly. It's unlikely, but it looked great, and it's a mildly satisfying ending. It's not the most satisfying ending to me, like I said, because they went with the Friday the 13th trope. Um, And like I said, Betsy Palmer did it way better 41 years ago, so, you know, what does that say about Kay? And then, but the thing is, I mean, you got to give Kay some credit, man. She took out a lot of people before they killed her. I mean, she took a lot of damage, and she took out a lot of people, uh, a fraction of her age. So, rock on. We have
0: multiple man. weapons too, man.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, nail guns. I, I don't know that the mom Exhaust ever hands. actually used Russ's drill, but yeah, mom was very uh, averse with weapons, Those, obviously. Uh... Uh, living in the woods, you know, it's probably going to do it for you. So, so yeah, that is Slumber Party 2021. Um, You know, I can't say it enough, folks, if you go into it with lower expectations, I think you're going to find some stuff to enjoy in this. Um, You know, if you go in expecting an A24 film, you're going to be drastically disappointed. Um, but I also don't think anybody with half a brain would make that mistake. So, you know, rock yeah. on, with bad selves. my whole Dad,
3: The guys in this film would probably make that mistake. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> unless, oh. they're plan- unless they're planning on her father or grandmother coming back as the next killer. It looks like they made this one to be a one off, which is good.
0: Oh. oh, my God. I got breaking news on the other show. Uh, Robert
2: Robert,
0: uh, <laughs> ari aster and a24 are making a Slumber party massacre 2 remake I like
2: they have the guitar, um, and, oh that's something else that i like actually that i didn't actually mention the fact that russell fights one of the male characters with the guitar from from slumber party massacre 2 it's not the one with the drill yeah. on it it's just a guitar but the the fact that we actually see Russ with his drill and this other guy with the guitar fighting, it definitely gave me 80s vibes. Like, I'm thinking, ooh, there's the, uh, you know, the the driller killer versus driller killer fight that we never got in the 80s. Uh, so I, I did enjoy that callback. There's multiple Easter eggs in here if you're really familiar with uh, the original Slumber Party series, which I am not. But I did read a couple of reviews that say there are a lot of Easter eggs there to be found. So um, like names of characters and things like that, stuff that I wouldn't have recognized because, like I said, I'm not that big a fan. But for whatever it's worth, I'm going to say I enjoyed this movie way more than I thought it would than I thought I would. And because of that, I walk away with a very positive feeling about this, as opposed to the multimillion dollar atrocity that we talked about last week. That left me feeling a little flat, you know. I mean like I said, True. it was the middle chapter of a greater story, and I felt like, why Why did I even come to the theater? Like, yeah, yeah. And
1: same sub genre, so that's interesting, too. Cause...
2: Yeah, exactly. So, so there, yeah, I'm you gonna go. be on.
3: <laughs> go he's ahead. on IMDb. This one's getting higher rating,
2: is it really? When I upload
3: the... them to, uh, I... yeah, i <laughs> um, I gave Halloween a six, I'm giving this
2: a seven. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to shit on Halloween kills like as I said last week, I didn't hate it. There's parts of it that I like, but obviously there's a lot of failures in that movie that we talked about last week. So there's no need to repeat it. But like I said, expectations are a thing as much as I like to say I don't do expectations. When you're talking about a multi-million dollar horror event, there are certain expectations. When It Chapter One came out in 2017, there were certain expectations. Luckily, for most of us, we were satisfied with that movie, with Halloween Kills. It seems like it is still satisfying a lot of hardcore fans. I see a lot of people online that love it, but I also see a lot of people like us who maybe didn't love it as much and... Man, the vitriol online between lovers of Halloween Kills and haters of Halloween Kills is so entertaining right now. (laughs) Twitter is just so fun right now, if if you're a horror, Yeah, it's,
0: it's great. It's... Well, I'm staying out of it because, yeah. Oh, uh,
2: and you know what? I would. I don't blame you. I, I'm almost jealous. I wish I would never gotten on the Twitter thing because now I I can't get away from it. Hey, especially it's not, with it's not even multiple... like
0: Twitter with that movie. It's like Facebook too. It's like you can't even post about that movie without somebody commented on it. You know. It's true.
2: <laughs> I mean, whether you love it or you hate it, you're gonna get somebody to disagree with you in the comments and try to start an argument. And it's just not worth it. It's just a movie, folks. Like it, hate it, and move on. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like Mortal Kombat all over again.
2: There you go. <laughs> I, I did love Mortal Kombat, though.
0: <laughs> I did too. Fuck Mike.
3: Uh, I don't it's, know.
2: Any, anybody else at least got it's not
1: Mortal Kombat kills.
2: <laughs> oh, that's God. Coming ne- that's coming next with Johnny Cage. <laughs> and then Mortal Kombat ends. <laughs> with Boro. oh no Boro's dead so it'll be motaro <laughs>
0: oh kintaro the giant cat one.
2: <laughs> oh man uh what do we got here um oh yeah <laughs> i wrote down in my notes this is the first slasher this is one of the first slasher movies i've ever seen with a walking chase there's actually a walking chase in this movie because both the when killer... They're both wounded? Yeah, yeah, they're both wounded. So they're both, like, limping, but the music is still, like, intense. Dun, 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 like, they're dun, running. Dun, dun, dun. But they're
0: it's
1: still like they're
2: house. literally limping away from each other. I thought it was hysterical. It's like, and, like Animal a
0: House. Who's just a
1: little less hurt to, like, close the distance or get yeah. into the house. That was good.
2: But, I mean... Yeah. I, to close out my thoughts, I'm basically going to say that this was a decent movie with equal parts stupidity and charm. So depending on what side of the fence you fall on, it might work for you or it might not. For me, it worked. I'm done. Yeah. It worked for me. I
1: I think, I think summer party massacred it's, it's designed to be kind of dumb anyway. And so uh, it's, I would say in this subgenre, it's fine. It, it, It did what it was supposed to do for the most part and added a wrinkle into it that you know made it interesting as far as where they went once we once they dispatched of the uh, original or main killer like an hour into it uh there was a real there's a real chance that from that point on it would just uh wither away as a movie and not be fun or entertaining anymore but they managed to figure it out um and i agree the whole the whole mom being like okay Now, the mom's kind of. It's not that wasn't the most original or best thing, but overall, still, the movie I think handled everything well, and uh, very surprised that how much I liked it.
2: Uh, One last insult from me this movie has the worst looking pizza ever. Yeah, that pizza looks like fucking cardboard but they showed two pizzas they showed the pizza in 93 during the cold open that pizza looked like garbage then they showed pizza of the new girls and that pizza looked like garbage this uh, pizza... the new pizza
1: looked even worse it was like oh, a plain cheese pizza but it looked like cardboard like it really. looked like that
2: yeah. shit you got from school like at high school i pizza.
0: won't lie i would probably eat the fucking 93 pizza if i was shit-faced enough
2: it looks like Brooklyn Pizza because it's it's those big ass slices, but it's really thin. I think so it's
0: reminiscent it, of the original pizza from the original movie, kind of.
2: Oh, it, it, maybe that's one of the Easter eggs that I missed. So if that if that actually is an Easter egg, then I'm okay with it. That that's cool. But I just remember thinking both pizzas are very distinct styles. Like you know, like I said, one is more Brooklyn style, and one is more like Frozen, like a DiGiorno type pizza. Celeste. Yeah, thanks, Tombstone or something, Red Celeste. Red Baron. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, both pizzas looked awful. So this movie hates pizza. That that that's the point I'm gonna try to make here. This movie hates
0: Tony's. Pizza. Tony's or Red Baron? <laughs> I already Red Baron yeah. and fucking Celeste. Yeah, yeah. Val. worse.
2: I love Red Baron. Fuck you. I love Red <laughs> oh, Baron. Red Baron's
1: fine. Celeste is nasty. It's like a aren't they like a buck or something? It's just gross. I, I know The last shipping, time I had have no money.
2: The last time I had a Tombstone frozen pizza, that was awful. <laughs> Marie Callender's isn't bad. Haven't had one of those. The I love those chicken pot like Newman's is okay. Uh, and yeah. that's the end of our pizza conversation. Yeah, DiGiorno's good. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: coming soon, the pizza podcast. The pizza cast.
2: I like it.
1: <laughs> With extra toppings. All
2: right. Oh, <laughs> Mike's gotta ruin everything.
3: He, hey, he,
0: needed ruined, a subtitle. he ruined our fucking cinema attack show. He ruined everything. He is the worst. I, aren't you glad you invited me on, Michael. Yes.
1: <laughs> with potential return visits coming
3: soon.
0: Uh-oh. with, with special guest uh Willis. Hi there, Michael. Oh,
3: we got no, him I was gonna and say, Eric, both on here. I was gonna say I was gonna say future guest spots in jeopardy now.
0: Hey, hey, Don!
3: If you ever need a break.
2: Hey, everybody! <laughs> hey, Don. No, you can't do Don. I can do everybody.
0: It's acting. Don is you
2: an
3: original. You can do me like the K.O. guy from Family Guy. All right.
0: It's okay, Don. You could be I'm the guy. I don't.
3: I don't sound like What's the petmile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: Herbert. Yeah. I hope you got good news for me.
0: <laughs> what do you think of the time of my life,
2: and I... At the time of my life, I'm gonna go kill an old Nazi now.
1: Yeah, he did.
2: Why are we talking about me. Family guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just get this shit on the run.
1: <laughs> All right, it's well, the pageants well, yeah. they
0: come for. Oh
2: man,
1: then um, <laughs> where else can people hear you? And uh, any other impressions you
2: want to close out <laughs> with? God, no. I'm terrible at impressions. Um, uh, we had to delay the main episode of no more room in hell because of storms in California, potentially affecting Mike and I is kind of, you know, our internet connection. So we postponed the new show. Um, we're hoping to record it this Saturday with a <laughs> with very thin hopes of actually having it out by uh, Halloween the next day. And likely it'll be out first week of November. But uh, that show is still planned. It is our witch show. Where we are looking at a couple of underdiscussed witch movies. We're looking at 1972's Season of the Witch by the great George A. Romero. And 2013's Witching and Bitching by Alex de la Iglesias, the same man who wrote and directed The Day of the Beast, which I absolutely adore. So um it, it was just a, a no-brainer to bring that into the show for our underappreciated witch movies. So look out for that. Hopefully. Hopefully by uh, Halloween, but if not, first week of November. On Creature Comfort, episode two will be out. As you listen to this episode, the episode will be out. And on episode two, Don, Derek, and myself discussed 1941's The Wolfman. Um, had a really good time with that one. Uh, that was kind of a quickie episode. We we, we just kind of were in and out with our reviews. Uh, but then for episode three, as I announced on the end of episode two, we will have our first guest host. And that will be Bo Ransdell from the Dark Parade and other Legion podcast. Uh, he'll be joining us for our review of 1954's Them Yes, we're delving into nuclear monsters for the first time on Creature Features, giant ants for the wind. So look out for that. That'll be our November episode. Um, so, you know, don't look out for that until at least Thanksgiving. But the Wolfman will be out as you're listening to this. And then pretty much all my other shows have been kind of on hiatus uh, for October. Uh, as I said, um, Underwater Kaiju, we did do an episode early in the month where we looked at, uh, what was it, Gamera versus Baragon. And continued our retrospective of the original Ultraman series. And uh, like I said, it's not horror is on hiatus in the Mike of madness. We'll finally be back. I, I've been announcing it for like a month, but we're finally recording this coming Thursday. And we're basically just going to do a tribute to 1981. So it won't be any necessarily feature reviews. What we're going to do is it's going to be like an award show type thing where uh, Becca and I came up with 15 different award categories, uh, and we're only going to be using 1981 films uh, for the winners of each category. So, like I said, that'll be recorded just before Halloween. Once again, I'm not sure if it's going to be out by Halloween, so look for it in the first week of November. All of those are available on the Dark Discussions podcast network, except for Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which is available on the Legion podcast network. And then I got about a dozen guest spots, and I'm not going to go over all of them because it's just too many. October is filled with guest spots for me. So flip a coin and you'll probably find a podcast with me on it. That's it for me, Mike.
1: Okay, Don, what do you got?
3: Okay, as mentioned, Creature Comforts Episode 2 should be out soon. Creature Comforts 3 would to be recording soon. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. Not sure why um, Jerry hasn't posted that yet. It's been... <laughs> I wasn't going to
0: say anything, but okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we recorded that like almost a month ago. So um, I'll probably hit him up tomorrow and be like, uh, you posted this, right? Um, unless somebody else wants to do it for me just so I don't sound like a dick, but yeah, yeah, that that should be out by now. Um, Other than that, uh, just two guest spots. Um, My appearance on Indie Film Cafes, 31 Days of Indie Horror Films, where I looked at the 2021 film Butchers, and um, guest spot on Cut to the Chase, where I talked uh, the werewolf movie Cursed with Dan and Lacey for their thrills and chills uh, holiday season, so... Yeah, that's uh, my list.
1: Sweet. Uh, Derek, what do you got for people to listen to?
0: You can find me on NFW. Wild Man Willis this is my YouTube channel. Check it out now. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have nothing, Mike, actually. <laughs> uh, a sad story. I actually overslept, and there was no new Sinister Attack episode recorded. So no one will ever hear how I felt about Tales of Halloween. Spoiler alert. I fucking hated it. (laughs) But, uh... Well, not I I like some of the... I'll give a quick review of that movie real quick, since I don't really have nothing to talk about. I like the shorts, but as an overall product, it made no sense to be an anthology. Because they didn't connect at all.
2: Other than the town. Other than they were all in the same town.
0: Yeah, but it felt like it was like... But they felt like actually... It felt like an ABC's a death anthology, which I didn't like. It felt like, oh, let's just direct this scene and make a short out of this, and then you know, you know, it 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 didn't really have any connecting tissue, like say trick or treat. You know what I mean? In that sense, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was just kind of sucked.
3: It's been a while. It's been a while. I, a while. I, I do remember l- crapping on it for that reason that there was no con- that there was like no point to it. I, I, I'd have to revisit it again because I saw it when it came out, and I I, I kind of agree, but I I, I don't remember specifics about. It.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was like a first time watch for me too this year, and you, yeah, I'm like, damn, I wish I recorded that show
3: because
2: mm-hmm. I would have
0: went off. I would have <laughs> turned into <it> Venom. <sighs>
2: No, you wouldn't, because I love that movie.
0: <laughs> I would have been the anti-Venom and there you go. carnage.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, again, Tales from Halloween, I, I don't go into horror anthologies, especially ones that are released right around Halloween with too high of expectations, but for whatever it's worth, uh, there was a couple of stories in it that I did kind of like um, for whatever, you know, and I do own it, too. And I just haven't watched it in a couple of years. It's not an annual watch for me. I, I will say that, you know, as opposed to like a trick or treat or Halloween or whatever the hell else. But, yeah, um, I, I love maybe a stretch. I did enjoy it. I liked it a lot. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah. But anyways, just check me out. on F W, everybody.
2: <laughs> this is Fuck You, Suzanne Suspiria Remake for life. <laughs>
1: oh man all right uh as far as i go yeah nothing really that i didn't mention last time nothing new since then um but as far as we go coming up we are tentatively or tentatively um recording no more room in hell that we uh missed recording this coming up weekend hopefully and then like i said or i mentioned i think at the beginning of the show we might be doing a two four with fresh cuts not two movies one episode but actually two actual episodes because of the way the release schedule got changed at the last minute it kind of it kind of gave it left us no choice or to have to not, not cover one and since they're both theatrical releases we try to cover all of those um so we will figure it out we'll probably discuss off air how we want to do it, um,
0: dirty hooker, but, Michael. Dirty <laughs> hooker.
1: Well, there's no discussion there. We're always in for that. So, <laughs> um, would you be the last guy to eat her up? Oh God, <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't be the first, last, or any in that case. I knew a guy um, that was
0: the last, and he enjoyed the hell bit, out of it. As the oh, new God. guy
3: on the show, as the new guy on the show, I think I'm contractually obligated to be the third on the totem pole. So, yeah. I think that kind of. I think that kind of uh, alleviates Mike and Venom from uh, that that part of the ordeal.
2: Yeah, I'll drive. I'm not participating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, oh. I'll watch from afar, I guess. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, but yeah, so look for lots of stuff coming out in the next week from... I guess all of us, since everyone here is part of one of the shows, or if not both. We will be hearing from all four of us um, with our shows and other stuff coming soon, so keep your ears uh, open for that. And, uh, man, guys, it's Halloween week. Like, literally, Halloween is coming up. October flew by. I I can't believe we're already, like, at the last week of it, but that's crazy.
2: I did so many podcasts this month. It, it literally feels like <laughs> I blinked and the month was gone. Yeah. I couldn't. Even, I couldn't even tell you half the movies I have uh, watched this month off the top of my head if I hadn't written them down.
3: I, I can't either. <laughs> I've got my letterbox done. I. I can't even. i was yeah. like, wait, I watched that. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: this month is a blur for most of us. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I can't wait till it's over. It's like a Sierra Leone dream.
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Italian horror month. Woo! Wee wee we, wee.
3: I'm, I'm really excited for that. I got a, a really challenging not to want to watch a Giallo for Halloween because I want to watch more horror movies, but then it's like, well, I got a Italian horror month next month. Like, why do I want to watch it now and spoil the spoil that? So There you go.
0: Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it now. Fuck the spurious. Jesus. Uh, all right. Good to you know, okay. With that said, yeah,
1: let's get the hell out of here and say <laughs> good night to the listeners.
3: Goodbye, everybody. Bye.
2: Adios. Don't forget your pajamas. Peace.
3: Later.
0: I'm not shy. I'll say it. I've been fixing you naked. I'm a little faded. You look like a fucking painting. Big dough eyes. She's everything I've been praying My heart palpitation She looks like the time to break it Me and your girl.